I'm TJ. And I'm Will. And this is Real, Real Talk, Talk Sports. Sports. Starting with GW Sports, a lot going on in the sports weekend. And more to come, especially since next week will be the Super Bowl Woo. between in a rematch between the Philadelphia Eagles and the New England Patriots. As we'll get to that soon. All right, so well, let's talk about um, Gardner-Webb Sports real quick. So starting with men's basketball, they've lost two in a row now, including their last game to UNC Asheville by five. They're hoping to bounce back as they take on the team that upset them and gave them their first big South loss, Longwood, who is six and 6-16 and third to last in the conference. How does Gardner-Webb get out of this um, slump here? Um, uh, from what I've been understanding is that uh, in the UNC Astral game, Liam O'Reilly has just been uh, struggling. He needs to get back on track as well as David Effiani. I saw them uh, practice while I was uh, helping facilities prepare for the women's basketball game, and uh, they've been working so hard to try to uh, get uh, this team back on track uh, as uh, the two leading scorers. Yes, and you know, in the UNC Asheville, they both struggled. In fact, the only one that was really able to put points up on the board was DJ Laster who did a very good job. Now they've dropped from first place. They were at first place at one point. Now they're f sixth in the conference now. Funny thing is Liberty went from third to seventh. So it's Radford still in first, Winthrop and UNC Asheville, and Campbell are tied for second, Hyde Point in fifth, and then Gardner-Webb in sixth. So this is going to be a big game. You know, Longwood, Gardner-Webb's now playing them at their house, at our house here at Gardner-Webb. Mm -hmm. So this is a big one. You win this home game. Gardner-Webb is still undefeated at home. Men's basketball is undefeated at yes. home. This is an advantage to take. Win this and try to get yourself in fifth place and go from there as time goes on. It surprises me, though, how Winthrop has really bounced back. You know, they were second to last one point in the conference, and now they're second place. Same with UNC Asheville. Where did they come from? Hmm. Women's basketball have gone one and two in the last three games. At one point, they were 12-3. and three. Now they're 13-6. and six. They play the worst team in the Big South Conference, Winthrop Women, at Winthrop. So the women are on a sla are facing a downfall here right now. How do they bounce back up? Um, uh, from everything I uh, saw, uh, the women's basketball team, uh, they keep uh, fouling from what I've been seeing in their last game against the Campbell, which they got destroyed in, by the way. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, also they need to attack the paint more because uh, uh, they've spent way too much time going for threes. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, too. You know, I saw they were, like, one for 12 in three-point shooting in the last home game I saw. I'm trying, it, was it Presbyterian we played, if I'm not mistaken? Uh, Presbyterian, no. Uh, first loss was against the Liberty. No, I'm talking about they, the game they won. Oh, though. no, that was against Charleston Southern. Yes, so Char they were one for 12 in Charleston Southern, but what helped them out were free throws. Yes, and they fell a lot. And I think as time comes on, I mean, they've done great with rebounding. They're blocking shots. So... Defense is good. They just need to. They really need to step up on offense more, especially the three-point shot. That's one thing they've really got to work on. And as the track team goes off to Liberty today for the indoor track meet, going off to college men's basketball, a big signing was held on Saturday as Zion Williams, the number two overall recruit, committed to Duke on Saturday. Zion Williams called the LeBron James of college basketball now. Averaged in high school in Spartansburg, 31 points per game. Two assists, 11 rebounds, and three steals. So this is huge here. Now Duke has the top three recruits of 2018. They've got RJ, the first number one, R.J. Barrett, and, of course, Zion, number two, and then Cam Reddish at number three. So let's talk about Duke here for a minute. How huge is this for Duke? You know you're going to lose people like Marvin Bagley and Grayson Allen. 
Trayvon Duval and Wendell Carter to the draft next year. So this is huge for Duke. Oh, it's absolutely huge because uh, uh, Coach K always seems to have a plan he, when the th- it looks like uh, th- things are not looking uh, too well. And this is why I give respect, and I think that uh, Coach K is one of the best college basketball uh, coaches uh, of the modern era. Because uh, uh, when these guys leave, he's going to have a whole new arsenal uh, at his display. Yes, they're going to have a couple of players from this year's team, including um number 15. His name is um his name is also Allen. His first name is he um he's come in and has performed very well, and it's going to be interesting to see. They've also got Wilson and not Marvin Beckley. They've got that recruit that they got a while back at number three. Right. That he's still there. He's still going to be there. But this is huge, actually, because now you've got three big recruits here expected to do well. And of course, Coach K is not a big fan of the one and done rule, but he'll take what he can get. And he's very he's a he's a father figure, according to people who have been recruited him by him. So this is going to be huge for Duke. Staying staying here to this season, this Saturday, well, you know well, you know how we have the ACC versus Big Ten challenge earlier yes. in the season. The Big Twelve and the ACC are having their challenge this Saturday in mid season. So we look at what the we talked about the Big Twelve earlier. You know, nobody in the Big Twelve has a losing record. No, the I mean the the team with the most losses is at eight, and that's Iowa State, who are ten and eight right now. So they take on the SEC, who has been up and down. Teams that have surprised us, and then teams like Kentucky and Florida who have fallen, while people like Tennessee and Auburn have gone up and are doing well in the rankings. So who do you think can come out on top in this challenge this Saturday, Will? Uh, considering uh, that the Big 12 has been uh, on fire as of late, especially uh, with, with teams like uh, Oklahoma and West Virginia, I think that uh, the Big 12 is definitely a conference to look out for in college basketball, probably in the near future as well. Uh, so I think uh, that uh, Big 12 uh, will win this challenge. I think they will too, honestly. I mean, yes, SEC has some good teams. I mean, I think the match- interesting matchup to me will be probably teams that aren't ranked, like Georgia and Kansas State. They're a pretty good team. Kansas State with two upsets, Georgia with one. You got Texas Tech versus South Carolina over here. Texas versus Ole Miss. Just a lot of Oklahoma State and Arkansas. Arkansas, who was ranked at one point, but they've done pretty decent this year. So I think that I'm going to go with the Big 12 in this challenge. And speaking of the SEC, did you know that Kentucky? Did you know Kentucky dropped out of the top 25 for the first time since 2014 last year? We talk about the downfalls. You know, Kentucky, they've lost to both ranked and unranked opponents. After that loss to Florida, the NCAA decided to take them out of the top 25. So how does Kentucky respond to this? How do you think Coach Calipari is going to need to respond to something like this? Oh, Co- Coach Calipari needs to uh, think of a solution uh, fast because uh, if uh, his lineup isn't working so far, he needs to uh, f- think of uh, what what the lineup does work. Uh, it's like I said before, uh, your, your basketball team is kind of like a puzzle, and you need to figure out which pieces uh, fit to better in what area. Yes, and I think that, you know, first off, you know, freshmen come and go to Kentucky. They go one and done. And so Calipari has not really been able to build this team up. And the freshmen they've recruited have not performed to their full potential, other than Kenny Knox. I mean, he's not a freshman, but he's a senior. Um, him and his brother, actually, who are expected to go to in the top 10 in the draft. So right now, what Kentucky needs to think here, if we don't change our way soon, we could get knocked out of the tournament within the first two rounds. And the game, they play on number seven, West Virginia. This is a big game to show they deserve to be back. So it's time to start turning things around and go back to the Kentucky that we all know and, well, Kentucky fans love. Yeah. <laughs> some, that's some love. Some love. 
Villanova star guard Phil Booth breaks his right hand. He is out for three weeks. The point guard was averaging 11 points, three rebounds, and three assists a game. So Villanova right now, of course, they lost their sophomore. They're one of their top sophomore players. He's out for the season at the beginning of the year. Let's talk about this um, Villanova. How does do they respond to this, and how do they prepare since they've lost their star pointing guard and they've still got a tough schedule ahead of them? What do you do in this situation? Uh, well, Villanova is trying their very best to stay on top of the mountain, uh, and uh, that's not an easy task. Uh, and for you to lose your two-star players, that puts even more pressure on uh, your whole team. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I think uh, the main thing to do is just uh, come up with a di- uh, an alternate uh, solution, like uh, find a new player, because uh, for all we know, this uh, ne- this uh, new player could have ended up being a star for the team. Oh, yeah, and then you talk about Villanova and how way- well they've done. I mean... The three-point shooting game is as strong as it's ever been. You, know, you talk about how their defense has improved compared to last year. This is the this is a threatening team. One play, one, losing a star player could be huge, but at the same time, they've still got a lot of players to make up for it. They just can't let it get to their minds, in my opinion. Going down to the NBA first, top news: Jason Kidd is fired from the Bucks, according to sources. It came out of nowhere, and the only reason Jason knew he was about to be fired was because his star player Giannis found out. And called him and told him, saying, "I will find a way to talk them out of it, because we still we need you. we love you, we respect you, we need you, we think you're the best head coach for this team." Sadly, it didn't work. Jason Kidd's gone. Sorry move. Is this this is a sorry move in my opinion? What what are your thoughts about this? Will firing a veteran Jason Kidd who has done well for your program? Well, uh, Jason Kidd is arguably one of the best point guards uh, in the NBA. Uh, he, well, he was. Um, and uh, when, when he became a coach, that uh, proves that he could actually have some experience of the game, and then he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the Bucks, while they've been struggling, they've been doing exceptionally well with uh, Jason Kidd. So I think uh, this is uh, probably a little bit out of the, out of the dark, no, not out of the dark, out of the blue here, because I figured they should have probably waited until after the season is done to wait and see if they should have got rid of the kid. And I agree. And you look at this team here. You look at what um, they're 24 and 22 right now, but they've still got great players that have been performing well. They're on a three-game winning streak. This was the wrong time to do it. If you felt like you needed to fire Jason Kidd, why not wait till the end of the season? This is a big blow. It's a stupid and sorry move, in my opinion. It was not professional whatsoever. Another top headline, NBA All-Star Draft was held in private. And the teams were selected. The top news was LeBron James versus, of course, LeBron James and Steph Curry were the captains. It was like street ball, as we discussed right. last year. LeBron James ended up getting Kevin Durant. For the first time, they've all, they usually go against each other. It's always been number one versus number two between LeBron and KD. And now, they're on the same team together. They got He got Kyrie, both Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins from the Pelicans. And then people like John Wall, Victor Oladipo, his teammate, um, Kevin Love, Russell Westbrook, Stephen Curry's best players with Giannis. He even got one of his teammates, um, Clay Thompson, along with Joel Embiid, James Harden, DeMar DeRozan. So let's talk about who ha- who had the better draft, LeBron or Curry? Ooh, I, I tried looking uh, over these. Um, I have to say, no, like, uh, <laughs> they've obviously put uh, their heart into uh, assembling this team. But, uh, okay, hold on. Let's see if I can quickly pull this up. Uh, but I think that the uh, team that has the uh, best all-star team would have to be uh, Team LeBron because you have uh, some uh, veterans like uh, Kevin Love and John Wall and Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. We'll also bring in uh, some, uh, uh, n- like it's basically uh, veterans versus uh, 
veterans, basically. Yes. Um, so, honestly, there's no wrong choice here. But I think overall, uh, LeBron has the best lineup. I think so too. I mean, he got he's got KD, Kyrie. You look at two of the two of the strongest centers and power forwards here with Anthony Davis and Cousins. Now, yes, Curry has James Harden here. He does have Giannis. He does have Demar Derozan, and he's got a lot of good. He's got a great players, but so does LeBron. And you know, it's funny. He also has Russell um, Westbrook as a backup. So you've got Westbrook substituting with, with Kyrie. So that's going to be pretty cool. I think. I think also. As time comes on, we'll talk more about the All-Star as it gets close. But for now, this was just this was because it was held. Yes, it was a private draft, and for some reason, fans are complaining about that. So what? It's an All-Star draft. It's not like it's the NBA draft. No. I mean, so, I mean, there's no point in getting to um, a discussion about that. According to um, news reports, the National Basketball Referees Association tweeted Thursday that it accepted Kevin Durant's apology after... Kevin Durant and a ref got into it when Kevin Durant made the comment of accusing the official of targeting him when he was ejected Tuesday night against the Knicks. The NBA has fined him $50,000. Talking about this game, um, talking about this matter, Will, I mean, obviously it's a little side note for Durant. He doesn't have to worry about it, but... No. Was this overdone? Would you really... Would you really like not just finding not talking about the finding part, but like the refs association making a big deal about what Kevin Durant said and everything? Well, uh, one of the people you can't argue with at a professional sporting event is the referees because yeah. they have they actually have the power to throw you out of the game. So oh, yeah. if I was in a position like Kevin Durant, I would just uh, be like, okay, I should just keep playing and not get myself into trouble. Because otherwise, it's just gonna make me look bad. And it's not—it's unprofessional. He's this is his sixth time being ejected this season. Six times—that's crazy when you think about it. LeBron has had one in his career, and that was this season. And KD six already. So I mean, yes. At the same time, yes, KD did the right thing, apologizing. You know, the referee association forgave him. It's all said and done. No need to make a big deal of this. But still, it was a top. It was one of the top topics that I felt like we could talk about. Another big thing, though, Steph Curry opts out of the All-Star three-point contest. He has been in it for, uh, there was only one year, not counting this year, that he's not been in this contest. He's been in it every year. So it's a good move by Steph Curry. You know, he's still got, he's playing in the All-Star game, obviously. And when you think about it, it's also giving other people to compete. And that's what Steph Curry said. I said he said, I stepped out first off to let my foot heal, prepare for the All-Star game and for the real season to keep going. And also give young players a chance to compete as well, to get their names out there. Good statement, Will. Yeah, definitely, because uh, with the All-Star game, uh, they want to try to, to uh, avoid any injuries. And uh, Seven Curry wants to, to do that uh, during All-Star weekend, because uh, uh, you want to uh, stay as healthy as possible to lead your team into the playoffs. Uh, but uh, I think overall uh, that... Uh, a player that's wise enough to stay away from injury during the All-Star weekend is definitely making the right decision. Definitely, especially when the as after All-Star, you're coming close to playoffs, so it's best to like not overdo it because the Warriors may be number one, but they've still got the Rockets who are only two games behind them. They're going to need Steph to stay as healthy as possible. There are two more topics for the NBA. Magic Johnson released a statement that he's been talking to LeBron James and Paul George and even sharing interest in Anthony Davis, who will be a free agent after this season. Both LeBron and Paul George admitted they were thinking about if they go to free agency, the Lakers are one of their top choices. 
And Magic Johnson says he's willing to do anything, even to make some huge trades to do so, to pick up players like LeBron and Anthony Davis. So we talked about that earlier. It was stated it was just rumors and everything, but Magic Johnson is actually confirming this. LeBron has actually confirmed this. I, I know this is next. Se- this is for next season, but, right? And as the offseason comes, we'll talk more about the trades and everything. So, just real quickly, Will, what do you think? Let's say this does happen. You trade Julius Randle from the Lakers and get a couple of draft picks to get people like LeBron and Anthony Davis. You've got Lonzo, who's now getting starting to get better as a player himself. You got Kyle Kuzma, a lot of great players on this team. It would be huge for to have Davis and LeBron, wouldn't you think so? Definitely. Uh, LeBron and the Lakers uh, and Paul George and Anthony Davis would be a huge uh, deal. But let me tell you about another team that has interest in LeBron. It's none other than uh, Coach Pop and the San Antonio Spurs. I heard. They're preparing because Kawhi was talking about how he might go go to free agency. Did you hear about that? I did. uh, And think about how huge this would be. It would be a loss, but it would also be a huge gain all at the same time. I think it would be a huge gain. LeBron's better than than Kawhi Leonard. Even Kawhi Kawhi Leonard's a great player, but compared to LeBron, Kawhi Leonard is like an ant to to my shoe here. (laughs) But, um... Yeah, so as time goes on, we'll be able to talk about the offseason trades and everything like that. Find The last topic, Michael Jordan. You know, last week we talked about Charlotte Hornets making statements that they were willing to trade Kemba Walker. Well, Michael Jordan, Saturday after our show, came out and said, I will not trade Kemba Walker unless I can get an all-star play out of it, player out of it. Kemba is too valuable to this team. He's a great leader. I do not plan on selling a great leader. So, with that being said, I mean, there was also the comment, though, Will, that he said, unless I can get an all-star player. So, defending Kemba Walker here and saying, I'm not getting rid of him. But at the same time, he's like, wait, we might get Anthony Davis? Okay, bye, Kemba. <laughs> what do you think about this statement by Jordan, Will? Oh, wow. Um, well, considering that uh, the Hornets are a, strugg- are a struggling team right now and that they're kind of desperate to get into a playoff spot... Yeah. Um, I think uh, that uh, this is a chance to for Kemba to uh, either uh, uh, put up or just shut up. Uh, and uh, this is a chance to uh, show that he's a valuable asset to the whole team. Oh, yeah, definitely. Trading Kemba, I feel like, would be more of a loss than you, it would be if you traded Dwight Howard. I feel like Kemba really brings a lot to the table. And when you look at what he's done this season, it's been great. He got snubbed out of the All-Star, I think. Just like him and Lou Williams... It's crazy how they didn't make it, but moving on from that, though, I think that Michael Jordan's statement, I like how he's defending Kemba, but at the same time, you said, unless I get an all-star player, then it's like, okay, so you would get rid of a great player if you can get an all-star out of it, so that makes Kemba feel better. (laughs) Going to NBA picks now. Tonight, the Pacers take on the Cavs. The Cavs are back on a losing skid, Will. They need this win. Once again, Lance Stevenson and LeBron face each other again. Quite some history. I don't know if you remember that time when the Pacers were facing the Heat Ooh. in the playoffs, and Lance and LeBron were going at it. They did. They actually did it again this season. LeBron and Lance got into a scuffle. So this is going to be a must-win for the Cavs here. What do you think, Will? Who's winning? The, who's going to win this? Definitely, Cavs have only won three of their last ten games, and their last loss was a twelve-point deficit against San Antonio. They're looking to get it back on track. Uh, Indiana they and Cleveland, they both have a 47-minute field goal percentage. Yeah. Uh, and the stats are relatively uh, close, but I think uh, that the Cavs just need to get back on track, and I think uh, they'll just do that. I think I'll, she'll go with LeBron and the Cavs. I'm going to go with the Cavs here. I really think if they, this is the time for them to step up. You know, I think 
this they're tired of losing. They even had a player meeting and everything, and they talked it out. And you know, now this is the chance to prove that that meeting meant something. It just wasn't a waste of time. I'm going to Cavs. Rockets take on the Pelicans here. James Harden versus Boogie, Demarcus Cousins, and Anthony Davis. Who wins this one, Will? Rockets have won their have won four in a row, and Pelicans have won three in a row. Uh, Pelicans have a 48 field goal percentage, and they have five blocks uh, per game, and that's uh, definitely going to help out to this the Pelicans defense. Uh, but they're going up against one of the top uh, teams in the uh, 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 West, uh, led by Chris Paul and James Harden. That's going to be a really tough battle, but I think uh, the Houston Rockets will go go ahead and take the win. And a player, another player that got snubbed from the All Star who had great stats was Chris Paul, and I think Chris Paul is definitely one of the best point guards out there. So in order for the Pelicans to face two top guards here, it's going to be a tough night. I think the Rockets win it in the end. 76ers versus the Spurs. Sixers looking as hot as ever. The Spurs looking good as usual, except usually they have less than 18 losses yeah. around this time. So now, who wins this game, Will? The struggling Spurs or the growing 76ers? Uh, 76ers are going uh, to have to deal with Jared Bayless because he's out now. Uh, and for the Spurs, Milo Ginobili, he's still out. Uh, uh, you have to look at uh, the Spurs, though, and see who they have, because uh, they're kind of an aging uh, team. Yeah. Uh, and while it is good to have veterans, it's also very important to have uh, some uh, fresh young rookies uh, as well, uh, so that way they can get more experience and uh, be in the shadow of uh, the veterans. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think the Spurs will win, but uh, not by much, uh, since uh, the last win they had was against uh, Memphis, and... Uh, since they also won against Cleveland, I think uh, they should have a chance to beat Philly. I'm going to go with the Sixers in the upset here. I think the Sixers here have been very impressive, led by Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons here. It's going to be a good game. I think Sixers win it by three. Finally, the Celtics versus the Warriors here. This is a big one, actually. Who wins it on Saturday, Will? Oh, wow. Um, well, the Warriors are, are always uh, tough. Uh, Al Horford is day-to-day -day, uh, for the Celtics, so we don't know if he's going to be able to play. Um, uh, Celtics won their last game, which was uh, an 11-point deficit against the Clippers. Uh, and the last uh, game Golden State uh, played, they uh, beat the Timberwolves. Uh, Golden State won eight of their last ten games. I think I should go with the Warriors. I'm going to go with the Warriors here as well. Going on to NFL, recapping the two NFL championship games on Sunday. The, Vi the Eagles... Blew out the Vikings 38-7, and as some fans put it, the Patriots cheated their way to beat the Jaguars. Hmm. But moving on from satire here, yeah. let's talk about, this is a rematch. The last time these two faced each other in the Super Bowl was Super Bowl 39, to which the Patriots beat them by the same score they beat the Jaguars, 24-21. So now the Eagles, you know, no Carson wins, but Nick Foles is looking as strong as ever. You've got a top defense here. This guy, Nick Foles, a young guy, never been to the Super Bowl, is facing a guy who's been here plenty of times. Let's talk about this for a minute, Will. We got, we'll got we do our Super Bowl picks next week, but what do you think about the Super Bowl match? Is this the game that you would... Is this the game you think will be as good as people are talking about? Uh, I, a lot of people I've been talking to saying that as soon as uh, it's announced, it's been official that uh, it's going to be Eagles and Patriots, everybody's been putting their bets on the Patriots. Oh, yeah, as always, though. Uh, but I honestly don't know. Uh, I think that uh, this Eagles uh, offense, this Eagles team, even without uh, Carson Wentz, could potentially knock off uh, the Patriots. Uh, yeah. 
uh, it won't be easy because you have a huge underdog in Philadelphia going up against a, a team that's all too familiar with the, going to the Super Bowl, especially being led by a quarterback who many consider to be the greatest quarterback of all time. Oh, yeah. Uh, but uh, for the Eagles to knock off uh, the Patriots in the biggest game uh, of uh, their of uh, probably their careers, yeah, uh, this is definitely going to be a life changing event for them. I think so too. I think as time goes on, I mean, you talk about this Eagles defense, and I will go into more depth later. I think this is going to be closer than people think. In fact, did you know that the Patriots this will be their tenth Super Bowl appearance of all time? Tom Brady and Bill Belichick's eighth total appearance in a mm. Super Bowl. We're tied with the Pittsburgh Steelers, Cowboys, and Broncos with eight. And, in fact, the duo has made it to more Super Bowls than 28 franchises in the NFL. I wouldn't doubt that. So, with that being said, there was just, there's um, something that just came up on the ESPN app that I thought oh, was okay. real interesting real quick. Michael, who do you think is better? Who's the GOAT here, Michael Jordan or Tom Brady? Well, that's uh, two different sports. Uh, but uh, I would have to say... Uh, I'm not uh, trying to sound biased or anything, but I'm going to have to go with uh, Michael Jordan because this guy has uh, proven uh, time and time again that uh, I read a little bit of a book about him uh, and how how he played uh, with the Bulls, when he played with the Bulls. And he said, if I could put a bit of doubt in my opponent's mind, then I could take full advantage of that. Uh, oh, yeah. That, that is a great strategy. And plus, he played through an entire game with the flu. Oh, if, yeah. If, that doesn't, if that's not like resilience or anything, I don't know what is. I'm a, yeah, this is an easy debate for me. I could say Michael Jordan in an unbiased situation because I think Jordan, when you think about it, Jordan ha- had play, good players like Brady did, but you see Jordan most of the time did it on his own. Right. There wasn't any players that... It's kind of like LeBron. When he's gone out, there are times where he didn't have the great players. Like when he first started out in Cleveland and they went to that championship. It was just him doing a lot of work. It's the same for Jordan. Brady has help. Brady's a great. Brady's one of the best QBs of all time. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Top five best athletes of all time. But Michael Jordan has him beat. Quickly going back now, the Cardinals named, their form, named former Panthers defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes as their new head coach. The Giants did the same thing and named their head coach. It was Vikings offensive coordinator Pat Shermer. So what do you think about this? You know, Bruce Arians retired from the Cardinals. Giants fired their ben, head coach. Ben McAdoo. Ben McAdoo after the whole Eli Manning incident. They both got sent to the pit of misery. Oh, not Bruce retired with strength. Okay, so Ben McAdoo <laughs> just got sent to the pit of misery. Dilly dilly. Dilly dilly. <laughs> All right, what do you think about this, though, Will? Well, uh, both teams are trying to, to get back on uh, track because they've struggled greatly, especially the Giants. Uh, but I think uh, with the help of Pat Shermer, uh, who has done really well with the Vikings, uh, I think they uh, probably have a chance to, to get back on a track, maybe potentially go to a Super Bowl. Who knows? Maybe. I agree with you. I, I think that the Cardinals, if they draft their cards right, no more Carson Palmer. I th- to, as we, We'll talk about the draft as time goes on later, but I think they need a QB that can help lead them because Larry Fitzgerald will be in his last year next year. This is last year. You have also need to get some wide receiver depth. You've got the defense. It's time to work on offense. With the Giants, if they just improve injuries, people avoid their injuries and work on that running game, <clears throat> Saquon Barkley, yeah, I yeah. think that they could really be a threat. Like they, like back when they were big threats, you know, back when this but, is the team that beat Tom Brady twice. The team Brady can never beat. I was going to say, when they, back when they knocked off the Patriots in the Super Bowl twice? Yes, exactly. Eli, Eli doesn't have much longer. And no. You've got to prepare for that as well. So as time goes on, finally to end our show, we got college basketball picks first in the Big South. A big matchup here on ESPNU. Chris Clemens and the and Campbell, twelve and nine, 
take on Winthrop, who has climbed their way back up, who are at 12 and 8. This is a spot to break away the tie and get second place behind Radford. Who wins, Will? Uh, oh, uh, we're yeah, going... Yeah, I, I just put that on there. I saw that, so I just put it on there. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. So, what's it? What's it? Oh, Campbell and Winthrop. Okay. Oh, this is a tough one. Uh, I think I shall have to go with uh, Winthrop. They won uh, five uh, games in a row. Uh, and they, they put up 83 points uh, per game, uh, and uh, while Campbell, as impressive as they are, uh, and since their last game win was against uh, Liberty, they won by a nine. But I think uh, Winthrop will win in, say, overtime. I think you're right about overtime, but I think Campbell wins. I think Clemens will have 34 points, and I think Campbell has a chance to be... I think Campbell can overthrow Radford if when they play each other. Probably. Next, rivalry game here in North Carolina at the Tobacco Road. NC State versus UNC. NC State, the team who has upset three top ten teams. UNC comes in up and down, going up and down this season. They're 16 and 5. Who wins this one, Will? It's always good when these two I teams think, get I think together. this will be a much closer game than people have anticipated. Uh, NC State, their last win was a was against, was, uh, against Pittsburgh by four. Uh, and uh, UNC lost their last game by 11 to Virginia Tech. And they're going to. And Wolfpack obviously have the momentum going into this game. Uh, I think I shall go with the Wolfpack in an upset. I think I will, too. I think NC State, with as hyped as they are this year, and they got their player back who was accused of uh, sexual assault. It was found negative. He's back, and he's performing well. Patrick Beverly. You know, in, UNC has great players. You've got Theo Pinson and Joel Bear. You've got a great head coach. They have. Ju it's just not been their year so far. They have struggled, and they've lost to unranked teams. Most of the teams they've lost to were unranked. I think they lose another one here, NC State. And the SEC Big 12 Challenge, Oklahoma takes on Alabama. Colin Sexton versus Trey Young. Who wins this, Will? Ooh, wow. Uh, last uh, game Oklahoma played, they beat Kansas by five, who is a heavy favorite in the Big 12. Uh, and Alabama's trying to uh, struggle a little bit. They lost to Ole Miss. Uh, Oklahoma puts up 91 points uh, per game, and that obviously uh, puts them uh, as a threat in the Big 12. And I think they shall stay a threat. I will go with the Sooners to win this one. I'm going to go with the Sooners here as well in a close one. You know, Alabama, they started out very well. And up until now, seven losses, they don't sh it doesn't show how good they are this year. I think I'm going to go with Oklahoma, though. Texas A&M versus Kansas. A&M has fallen off since their ranked days this season. Takes on Devontae Graham and the Kansas Jayhawks. Who wins this one, Will? Kansas has been uh, struggling a little bit, uh, considering they're the top five team. They're winning the top five in the country. Uh, their wins would usually be uh, five uh, points or less, decided by five points or less. Uh, and I think this is their chance to uh, make a statement and say, "Okay, we deserve a spot to, at the top of the mountain here." Uh, and I say the Jayhawks uh, will actually win this. Texas A&M has really struggled, and they're facing a team that has been may have been up and down every now and then, but they know how to finish. I'm going with Kansas here. Kentucky, who fell off the top 25, takes on number seven, West Virginia, who has been up and down the last five games. Who wins this one, Will? Oh, wow. Last uh, game West Virginia was in, they lost to <coughs> TCU by uh, nine. So, And uh, Kentucky uh, is going into uh, this game against West the Mountaineers with a win, uh, with a 78-65 win over, the, over Mississippi State. Uh, uh, West Virginia allows 65 points to play against them while they put up 81 uh, points. Uh, Kentucky is obviously going to have their work cut out for them. Uh, but I say in the end, the Mountaineers win this one by uh, by three points. I think that what I think Kentucky upsets West Virginia here. I think West Virginia, yes, it's at West Virginia, their best place. But Kentucky, they're mad, they're hungry, they want this win. And West Virginia, they're going to come in fighting. I think Kentucky beats Goliath here. 
the game of the week, two top ACC teams. One who leads the nation in defense, holding their opponents to 47 points a game. One who's top five in offense. Number two, Virginia Cavaliers versus number four, Duke Blue Devils. Who wins this one? Here's an important fake factor. Okay. Coach K will not be here due to back surgery. He has okay. been told to rest at home. He's out for this week as well. Who wins this one, Will? This is going to be tough. Uh, Duke's going to be kind of like a captain without a ship here. Uh, but I'm not really too concerned about that, considering that even without Coach K, Duke still continues to be one of the most dominant basketball programs in the country. I shall go with the Blue Devils here. I'm going to go with the Blue Devils. It's going to be a very close game. It's going to be a 50-point game is what it's going to be, 56-52 to 52 Duke. With that being said, I'm TJ. And I'm Will. And this is Real, Real Talk, Talk Sports. Sports. See you next week.